All right. Thank you very much, you guys. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate it very much. Um, I've got a couple of things to uh, talk with you about before we turn it over to Jason Harris, who is one of our elders, going to be sharing the message with us today. Um, first of all, you are, I'm sure, aware, as everybody else is, that this week the governor began phasing um, out the restrictions uh, advised from the coronavirus situation. And uh, so we anticipate that next week is going to be our first time gathering in person here at the building. And uh, so there's probably a lot of questions about that. If you've seen my emails, I've alluded to it a little bit. Uh, we have quite a uh, logistical um, list of things that have to be accomplished in order for us to maintain the um, these suggestions of the uh, county and state government in terms of maintaining social distance and things like that. So I uh, just want to let you know that we are thinking about those things, how we're going to do them. I think that, uh, you know, we, it's going to be challenging. Uh, you know, the, some of the questions that we're facing are, are we going to be able to do children's ministry and still maintain those distances? Uh, are we going to, how are we going to set up the auditorium so that families can maintain um, all of those kind of things? And so, we're going to be uh, continuing to wrestle with how to do that. If you are somebody that uh, feels at risk or has been exposed or you have any concern at all, uh, I don't feel the pressure to come next week. We're not looking to pack the building. Obviously, we've got to maintain these standards. And so be sure to you know just, just keep that in mind. We are wrestling with how it is we're going to stream the service so that people still are able to participate like we've been doing the Zoom. We're looking at possibly doing a Facebook stream of the service so that people can still participate and not necessarily feel like they have to come. So just please uh, be on standby for that. Look for more communication as the week goes on. We do want to gather, to gather together. We do want to see one another in person, but we also want to be sure that we're um, respecting uh, all of the the suggestions coming out because of the coronavirus and respecting one another and one another's health and, and safety and those kind of things. So that's something that's going on and, and just continue to look for communication from us this next week. Um, also, I wanted to let you know today that uh, our small group menu is available on the website. And if you receive my email this week, you know that that's available. There's a number of small groups um, that will at least begin by, uh, gathering in a virtual sense like this and then perhaps as the regulations lift we'll see how it goes but uh, there are some groups for you to participate in and there's some really good ones on the menu so i'd be sure to go ahead and and go to the website and check out that menu and and see what is available i'm really glad this morning to be introducing mr jason harris uh, one of our elders here at the church if you don't know him but i'm pretty sure you all do but would you please give it up for Mr. Jason Harris. Thank you, JR. My fan club of one in the house today. Oh, wow. Thanks a lot, JR. Appreciate it. Um, crazy times. Crazy times. Never done this before. And I have to say, I'm always uh, amazed each Sunday how much JR is able to do and pull off uh, with the help of Tyler and Leslie and Jeff Wald and... Uh, and everybody that helps out, all of you worship people and uh, those that help out with Children's Church and all, we are so grateful for you, uh, all that you do to help keep us together and meeting together on a Sunday. I am pretty sure Paul did not have 
any of this in mind, coronavirus or Zoom in mind, when he said, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints. And uh, yet we are persevering through these times, right? It's, uh, it's crazy. So as well, thank you to all of you who keep gathering online and joining us and uh, joining the Mount Helena family each Sunday morning and throughout the week looking for our communication uh, and uh, being a part of this family. It's significant. It's important. And not everybody's going to be able to say, I, I stuck through it. I was a part and participated and was joined and linked in family through the coronavirus uh, 19 of 2020. And uh, kudos to all of you. Uh, thanks for going and checking out uh, the app, the uh, menu for groups, uh, the nine groups that are out. I wanted to give a little bit of a shout out this morning and thank uh, a couple of people who've signed up. Thank you, Michael, for your sign up for uh, Killing Lions, the John and Sam Eldridge group that's happening on Tuesday night. Thanks, Michael, for already signing up. And, uh, and uh, thank you to Paul, who signed up for the Carpenter Series happening on Tuesday nights as well. Thanks for your sign up already, Paul. And uh, thanks to Colton Tannehill for signing up for the Discovering Biblical Leadership that's happening on Thursday nights. There's a number of groups, some great groups happening out there. So please take a look at those groups and consider joining. Now might be your best time, honestly. It really might be your best time to join a group and take part of something, grow and engage with God even more than you have already and with others in his church. And uh, yeah, so thanks a lot. Uh, before we get started today, as we get started and what I feel like uh, God has me to share this morning and bring to you, uh, I just want to acknowledge there's some awesome stories happening out there. Um, I know uh, across our nation and across social media, there's all these updates and news networks. There's some funny and hilarious ones uh, that still are compiling uh, great stories and great humanness and great happenings uh, going on here in Helena. I'm grateful to hear of uh, the companies and organizations who've made transitions to make personal protective equipment available to others and uh, uh, and get it out into our community and make it a free resource for people. Uh, my wife and I, my family, we have our Heather Thornis masks. We're grateful for Heather Thornis. Uh, sewing and making all the masks that she can and making those available to our community and uh, uh, grateful for her posting that on the needs line and making it available for anybody who who wants some and uh, we have ours and uh, I got to wear it a couple of times this week when I was out and about and, and needed to be um, but the the companies that are making hand sanitizer and just make this big migration over uh, to make hand, hand sanitizer and make it available in our community but also your giving your giving um, has been astounding. You helping people with their rent, with gas money, with groceries, helping continue to build community here, but helping us reach out into the community to build community and uh, to build his kingdom. And so thank you so much for your giving and also helping other regions beyond churches who, uh, who are having even a, quite a bit more of a difficult time uh, with the coronavirus and even uh, sickness and illness than we are here. And and unfortunately, even death, as we heard uh, some from some churches this week who have lost parishioners and even worship uh, a worship leader and a father and an elder and a great man. So um, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your volunteering to help out, to help move others, to uh, pick up, drop off supplies, whether it be medication or food to others or 
prepare a meal and drop it off. I like the ingenuity of a couple of roofers here in our community this last week who said, you know what, um, I heard that there's a potato farm in Billings who can't sell all their potatoes right now. Uh, during this time and so uh, the two of us would love to go load up trailers and truck potatoes up here since they're giving them away and making them available in Helena and uh, it was cool the last couple of days to see them unloading and giving away free potatoes and what great guys to uh, take it upon themselves and um, foot that bill and make that happen to help out people in our community. I love it. Uh, unfortunately there also are some other stories, some not so great stories that happen in our community as well. Just two days ago, I was out and at a store and I needed the help and the assistance of, uh, of a person, an employee who worked at a store and uh, he was a great help to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you to think otherwise, but uh, while he was helping me, I got to witness uh, even beyond what I would consider rudeness of other people towards him. Uh, I was shocked and in dismay, even and so uh, humiliated for this man. I witnessed him take a phone call. He had the phone on his hip and he took a phone call. And the person on the other end I could tell was just so rude to this person because this individual, this employee, who's a retired older man who has a second job, who's working uh, in uh, unforeseen hours to try and help people, He's the person on the other end of the line, and yet he couldn't provide what they needed. He couldn't meet the expectations of the potential customer on the other end. And uh, I, I was, like I say, I was embarrassed. I was humiliated for the man uh, on the phone who was helping me. And uh, I, I was shocked at Paul's gentleness and his kindness, because even as he hung out on the phone and it just turned to silence, Paul hadn't hadn't realized that the other person on the other line had just hung up on him. Paul continued to hang on the line, trying to help the person see what else they might say or what's next. He didn't get fired up. He didn't get riled up. He didn't respond back in a harsh way. He waited online quite a while and then realized, I, I guess they actually hung up on me. He began helping me again. And yet another customer came along and, uh, interrupted our conversation and asked uh, and was pretty upset that some other items weren't available. And I just thought, this is a man. This is a clerk. This is an employee. This is a retired man who's working long hours, 10 hours a day, trying to help people. And there's not great stories uh, that are happening as well for potential customers. But as I visited with Paul, he said, oh yeah, masks are emboldening bad character right now. And I thought, wow, that's some truth, Paul, that some of the people who are behind masks even um, in prevention are even further emboldened to act the way that their heart is. And this morning, even at, even at my surprise of Paul's reaction and how patient and kind he was trying to be, how gentle he was, I want to try and make sure that I felt that Paul knew how much I appreciated him and how much I felt for him. I felt like Paul needed it to be recognized by someone as well. He needed encouragement. He needed even some support. And I just, I just told him that his patience and his gentleness surprised me. And that's what I want to talk about today is 
is gentleness. Uh, I, <clears throat> in that moment, I wasn't that gentle. I was in shock and surprise and I just punched the next customer and then I moved on to my uh, needs. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're talking gentleness, right? Um, I was shocked at his gentleness and um, <clears throat> I want us to talk about that talk, that topic uh, today. It's a conversation I've had with uh, Jeff Wald and a number of other guys as we have met throughout the years. It's something that in our groups, as we've met as guys, we've said it doesn't come natural. It's not easy. Um, I tend towards aggressiveness and um, wanting things done instantly. I'm embarrassed to admit that my family has seen the most of my lack of gentleness at times. I'm sure I'm not alone. Uh, I'm sure many of you have responded in the same way. I'm, I'm confident of that, but uh, I'm grateful for my family and I still want the work of gentleness in my parenting, in my relationship, in my connectivity with my wife, but also my connectivity with others and how I treat people. Bear with me as I share my screen here. Uh, I have a couple of quotes and some verses I would like to share with you this morning. And so I'm going to uh, do my best to do that here. Uh, Jonathan Edwards says a virtue. He was a great American uh, revivalist preacher of the 1700s and such a great and incredible man. But he was quoted as saying a virtue, which I need in a higher degree to give a beauty and luster to my behavior is gentleness. If I had more of an air of gentleness, I should be much mended. I know that I'm not alone. Martin Luther in 1528 penned and wrote one of the, another leader at the time, and he said this. He said, God has promised great mercy to those who seek peace and endure guile. War does not gain much, but loses much, and risks, risks everything. Gentleness, however, loses nothing, risks little, and gains everything. Gentleness loses nothing, risks little, and gains everything. There's a lot of scriptures about gentleness. I've just pulled out a few here. Um, that I think are worth reading and sharing with you this morning. In Proverbs 15.4, it says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. We often talk about the tree of life. And gentleness is a part and comes from the tree of life. In Matthew 5.5, 5, we know on the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. In verse 23, it says, gentleness and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Wow. Those are the kind of virtues I need in my life and I want in my life more and more. Those of which there's no law. Another one in Ephesians 4.2, Paul is saying, I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, 
bearing with one another in love. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. He's talking about uh, false teachers and false influencers, but he's saying instead pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. James 13, or excuse me, James 3, 17, since 13 doesn't exist, says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Gentle, gentleness is actually a indication of wisdom. I can think of people in my own life, I'm sure you can as well, who I think of and remember when I start pondering gentleness and what it is. There are some people who I'm certain it comes more natural to them than it does me. Gentleness is something that I wouldn't say is natural at all, but uh, particularly a couple of women in our group come to mind. Uh, one is April Hyman and Beth Rivers are two people who are very gentle and very sincere and have a number of those other fruits of the Spirit and indications of wisdom and whatnot. I want to share with you next um, four reasons to be gentle. This comes from an article that Jeff Wald shared with us elders, and it's uh, by a man of the name Dane Ortland. And Dane has written a book out of that scripture, uh, out of Matthew, and he calls it lowly and gentle, excuse me, uh, gentle and lowly. And uh, it's a book uh, that uh, reflects the heart of Christ, he says, for sinners and sufferers. Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And Dane shares these four points that I'd like to pass along with you. Even as I, even as I was uh, with Paul this week, just two days ago, and trying to get help and assistance from him, this first one struck me as I had read it a couple weeks ago. But the first one Dane shares is gentleness surprises people. Just like I was surprised this week, and I was like, wow, People are having to deal with this and deal with people who are this um, disrespectful and unappreciative and persistent and aggressive. Gentleness sticks out in an angry and an irritated and a suffering world. Gentleness will catch you and I and others off guard. Number two is gentleness woos people. It's not a great reason to be gentle to try and get the attention of someone else. I really don't think Paul was trying to get my attention at the store this week and try and be somebody that he wasn't naturally. He was not trying to uh, have me look at him and compliment him. And yet at the same time, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but bring it out and mention it and try to appreciate him. Unlike harshness or over-assertion or trying to be needlessly assertive, gentleness makes others feel safe. Gentleness goes a long ways to open others up. 
rather than close them up and make them feel like they need to protect themselves from being over assertive and pushy and harsh in reply and comment. I was really grateful to meet with the small group online on Zoom this week uh, of the high school youth group and uh, Aaron and Lita, Aaron and Leah invited me to uh, share with them. And this week we talked about attitude and had a great conversation over attitude and the importance and significance of attitude right now. And gentleness is along those lines as well. Uh, I have to say, if, if you missed youth group this week, I miss seeing you. I missed you being a part uh, of the group. I'm not going to call you out here, but I was hoping to see others and more there. And so I really did miss seeing you there. And yet those of you who were there, I was grateful to have the conversation and activity and and fun with you this week and uh, and grateful for Aaron and Leah and their leadership and uh, the leaders that help out as well to keep providing that opportunity for our kids and that connectivity to our high school and our middle school kids as well. Thank you, Jonas and Amy and Tiffany and Mindy and others who help out um, with our youth and are continuing to meet the best that they can week to week. We're grateful. But gentleness woos people. It coaxes them into opening up rather than closing up and protecting themselves. Number three that Dane shares is gentleness dignifies people. And I think that's even more important than trying to get their attention or trying to surprise somebody, but being gentle so others know that they matter, that they have an importance, that they have a significance. Not everybody's gonna pick up on that. Plenty of us have our own baggage and hurts that numb us, but a number of people will recognize and can see that gentleness affirms them, builds them up, lets them know that they're significant, and that I, in attitude towards them, in my gentleness towards them, I don't want to neglect that. That God has made each person in his own image. He's made each person to reflect him. And sometimes we can get caught up in how well they reflect God or how well really they don't reflect God. Even though we're all made in God's image, we like to think that's just all the pros and that's all the best qualities. But yet each one of us made in God's image or walking around, every single one of us have disappointments. It's like a backpack. All of us have some rejections in that backpack and some of us have, have anxieties. And Jesus had to deal with those as well. It's not that he was immune from them. It's not that he didn't have them. It's not that he didn't have to deal with them. Like every human being who was not the son of God, he had to deal with disappointments, rejections, and anxieties. But gentleness chooses to treat people not out of those things and how they're positively or negatively reacting to their own disappointments and rejections, but it's choosing to treat and credit people with the created likenesses that God has put in them of saying, I'm creating you in my image, in my likeness, or the inherent glory of God that's upon them, right? Rather than according to their downfalls in life, that makes them difficult people to deal with or to interact with or to hear from. And fourthly, 
Gentleness gives people a living picture of Jesus himself. In treating people like this in this way, gentleness preaches Jesus to a broken world. Christ followers are to be walking vessels of the gentle love of God. I remember being a kid like my son and daughter, Cole and Evelyn, and I loved that song. I was captivated by that song. I loved turning to it in the hymnals. They'll know we're Christians by our love. I grew up in a home that at times lacked gentleness, that was superior in assertiveness and decisiveness and insistency and superiority. And yet even as a boy, that song, they'll know we're Christians by our love, drew my attention and drew my heart in a way that I wasn't necessarily experiencing at home. The way you and I treat people is really what tells people what I or you believe in Jesus. It's not just what we say we believe in Jesus. It's not just what we say about Jesus or what we've read or what we've viewed or seen or the memes that we pass on, but it's how we act. It's how we treat others. And when we treat others with gentleness, there is a preaching to our living and to our doing and our motivations that's meant to speak and preach Jesus. Just like the disciples and other early Christ followers, even you and I, people need to experience the life of Jesus Christ. Knowledge only goes so far and it can point to a possibility, but a living example a life like Christ has a significant and an impacting effect upon people, and gentleness does the same. Where do we find this kind of gentleness? How do you become more gentle? How do you become more sensitive and more aware of yourself? How do you can discontinue being so pushy and so Assertive. This is the conversation. You can see why we've had it many a times as a group of guys and fathers and parents and young guys who aspire to be married one day. It's a common topic amongst us. And it's a conversation that I don't think will ever end because again, like I said at the beginning, it's not natural. It's, it's difficult. And it's something that I have to keep striving for. It's not my nature. I, I need to keep growing in becoming more and more gentle. Gentleness is a God-likeness. It's not like me. It's a call to surrender and become more like God. And I'd rather do that with a group of people who are committed to something like Jesus Christ, a superior example, than try to just continue to badger myself to become more and more gentle. Though people think, oftentimes, people in the world and people who haven't experienced a life that's following after God, a life that's committed to becoming more and more Christ-like, the world often thinks, even from their own, uh, their own life and the way they've been treated by others, that God is harsh, that he's judgmental, that he's critical, that he too is over-assertive and too demanding and too pushy. And yet, 
the scripture says this about God. In Isaiah 40, 11, Isaiah's prophesying about Christ himself. And he says, I will, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is who God is. God's gentle. He's kind. He endures long-suffering for you and I. He treats us with dignity and with value, and he longs to catch our attention and our gaze and continues to do it in a gentle sort of way. Isaiah is speaking specifically here of Christ. In all the Gospels, in all four of the Gospels, Jesus is sharing what his heart is like in one place, and I'd like to share that scripture with you. So I'm going to share my screen real quick again. In Matthew 11, Jesus is saying, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's the condition of his heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I'm not, I don't think I'm trying to encourage us to be wimpy, to be passed over or pushed around. It's not, gentleness does not just overrule assertiveness uh, in the sense of qualities. There's times to be assertive, and certainly Je Jesus was assertive at times. And yet for the majority of his life and his interactions and his relationships, he was incredibly gentle. I tend to imitate Christ's zeal and his passion, his intensity. But it leads to me becoming more and more gruff and irritable, aggressive, and act like I'm superior to others. But the gentleness that's in Jesus goes well beyond that and helps prevent me from acting and becoming and thinking and responding like that. Would you ponder? For a moment with me before we finish, before we pray together, would you ponder Christ's gentle ways towards you? Let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of your sins do you suppose only he knows? That nobody else knows? I know I've forgotten many of mine. And yet God hasn't just forgotten them because he's forgetful. He's chosen to forget them because he's intentional. He's gentle and he's leading me somewhere that I've never been. How many times have I failed God? God only knows. How many times have I let him down? God only knows. And how many of those instances has God come back and responded to you or I in harshness? I know God hasn't even responded in ways that would be justifiable, that would be reasonable, that would be right or okay for him too. He's been gentle with me. In Isaiah, and even repeated in the book of Matthew, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. I've long remembered that. A smoldering wick. He will not lick his fingers 
and just snuff out and give up on. It's his name that the Gentiles will hope. Matthew 12, 20 and Isaiah 42. That's a God that I seek and that I want to lean into and I want to become more and more like. I want to finish by telling you there's not an easy way to become more and more gentle. There's not one way to become more gentle. It can begin with an invitation and you can invite God and tell him what you would like and what you want and invite his gentleness, invite more of his character and his nature in your life. And yet at the same time, that's not just enough. It comes with a relationship and a walking and a belonging to God. And like I said earlier, a surrendering and it isn't necessarily one thing and it can be a a compiled uh, number of things. And yet it is about a relationship. It's about a connectivity with God and a hearing, a belonging and a work of God that's in us that becomes a part of us. Would you consider praying with me as we close and finish? I want to invite more of God's gentleness in me in this season. Even specifically, I thinking of my family and trying to work from home and do all the things life has to go on. I had mentioned earlier, a couple of people have needed to move in this season because they already had agreements and they needed to move. And some of you've been so kind to move, but life moves forward. No matter how many of us are working at home or have lost our jobs, life has to move on. And some of you at home are teaching your kids from home and working through all the technical difficulties of that. And you're making room to do church and to be here and to seek out God. Father, we come to you and invite you. And I want to continue to invite your gentleness in my life. I know I have harsh edges and I want your work in me. I want you to supply me. I want you to meet my inner heart needs even and become that person that's got a better character and a a better luster about them even to others. God, we pray that your work of gentleness would mark and distinguish your church today, but that even amongst us, we would be living pictures of who you are to us. You've been incredibly faithful to us, and may we treat others with your faithfulness and your gentleness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. You guys, thanks for joining us today. That's the conclusion of our service. I really think all of what Jason had to share with us this morning is something really to ponder this week. And in this time, there was a lot of good stuff in there to to adjust our heart and bring adjustments to us and in our attitude and mindset. So Jason, we really appreciate that. You guys, that's the conclusion of the service today. I hope you have a great week and please look forward to information coming from us later on. Take care.